You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty in Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week, including some fun mini-sodes and some Pucks and Bolts after skate, breaking down what we see in practices as well as morning skate ahead of games. So be sure to download that Odyssey app do yourself one better by hitting that auto download button on pucks and bolts so that you have those brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you and good news too guys pucks and bolts is available on any of your favorite streaming platforms i am casey hudson joined by kaylee mizell and it's time for us to get into a brand new episode breaking down last night's game and there was some very unpretty parts of it if unpretty is a the appropriate term for that or even a word kaylee how are you (laughs) Unpretty is like is like the nice way of saying ugly. It's like maybe there were some ugly parts of the the game last night, but unpretty is like the nice way of saying. Okay, there you go. So we'll we'll let it work. We'll let it fly. We'll let it. Yeah, we'll let it go this time. Um, Yeah, I'm good. It's a good day. It's kind of like breezy outside. So I'm loving it. Yeah. Anytime I can hop on here in a sweater, it's a great day. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime I can put on sleeves and run around town, it's the perfect day. So oh, the cold front is already starting to come ahead of this random tropical storm Florida decides it needs to have in November. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. super fun. Love that for us. <laughs> um, speaking of storms. Yeah. Well, the lightning ran into, uh, you know, what 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 happens when you mix oil and, and lightning? I don't know. But uh, it. Oil, oil wins. Oil. I guess they won last (laughs) night. Um, So the Lightning fall three two. There was a late, you know, a little bit of a late effort there. Um, But I mean, what really the chunk of this comes down to special teams and the Mm -hmm. Lightning special teams. Uh, not getting it done. So I came into this and we we talked extensively, Casey, about yeah. what the Bolts needed to do. And I said, hey, the Oilers are literally the best team in the league when it comes to their power play unit. They have the most goals of mm-hmm. any other NHL team. So we ha- like the penalty kill has to be on point. They have to be good and solid. And the other thing that I talked about in Kaylee's corner is the shorthanded goals that they were yeah. giving up on the power play and what happens right off the bat, Casey, the lightning give up a shorthanded goal. Yeah, so they they're on the power play, something that they should have taken advantage of. 
and they give up that shorthanded goal. And uh, I'm, I'm frankly, it was a it was a pretty big bummer to see. It was a it, it was it was kind of frustrating to see that that happened so early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, part of the reason that that happened is because they didn't win the faceoff. They didn't win the faceoff in that very first power play. And within a minute of not winning the faceoff, the Oilers scored. Um, they scored a goal. Um, yeah. So that's just not something that you want to do, especially right off the bat. Not no. When, not when you're facing a team that is good, like the Oilers, especially on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, this Oilers team, they're not that good on the penalty kill. They've given up the fourth most goals on the penalty kill, Casey. And they had a night on the penalty kill versus this team. A yeah, night. and so the fact that the Lightning, A, couldn't get things done on their own power play, and mm-hmm. the fact that they let Edmonton kind of own their own yep. power play, like own the their penalty kill unit was, was really getting after this Lightning team, that – that was frustrating to watch, especially coming off a, a, a time where you knew that special teams very well could have been the determining factor and probably was going to be the determining factor in this game. Yep. So um, that's not to say that, it, that there weren't other parts of the game that were good efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, but statistically, I think yeah. coming into that, that, that this team is better than that. They know they're better than that. So this puts me at my first question for you, Casey. What was the what was the vibe in the locker room? What 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 did Cooper talk about after the game? Were they as frustrated with themselves as they were after that win, mm-hmm. even though they played kind of sloppy? That we yeah. The, the the mood was very much just frustrated and. Um, not many words. I mean, initially when we got down to the locker room, typically you're waiting there a minute for the guys to get situated and they had, uh, media go in right away. And instead of typically, you know, two player or instead of three players, we just got Alex Kalorn and Pat Maroon. Um, and you just saw it all over their face because statistically there was a lot of nice things that they did. Um, their, their ozone time and D zone time was split evenly between them and Edmonton, which shows you that the five on five was really good, but Mm -hmm. yeah, as you said, Kaylee, special teams really shot him in the foot. So to know that they already were aware of the problem heading into this game and they still couldn't manage, I think that's even more frustrating than anything else. So Alex Kalorn, you know, just kind of said it was very frustrating that they couldn't make anything work on special teams, that it's been taking them a while to get anything going there. And that's really what cost them the game. And then when you ask Pat Maroon, you know, hey, what happened there? He his first answer was just special teams, and he stopped yeah. talking. Like there was nothing else to say, just special teams. <laughs> and of course, media has to probe a little, a little more, and and try to see if if he can explain that in a little bit more depth. And he was just saying that, you know, aside from special teams, while five on five, while he feels like five on five did really well, which they did. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they feel like now they're just heavily relying on that top line and all lines need to get involved. He says that he yep. feels like chemistry is starting to come together a little bit more on his line, which there were some great things that him, uh, Belmar, as well as Perry did last night that helped. I mean, Patty almost had a goal if it didn't get called back for offsides. And you just saw the emotions when he thought he had that goal and that entire team thought that he had that goal and then it getting called back. Obviously, those moments just take 
the life out of you and the team and, and everyone on the bench there for a second. So special teams was the overall answer. You nailed it, Kaylee. And then their, their tone was just, they're not defeated. They were just disappointed. And yeah. um, coach Cooper alluded to the same thing. He was coach Cooper's that guy who he will tell, he will talk to you. He'll walk into the room, mm-hmm. he'll have a conversation with everybody on his way up to the, to the podium. And, you know, he just kind of came in more all business and, it was just like we didn't get the job done. We allowed a high shooting team to do what a high shooting team does. And on top of it, we gave them a shorthanded opportunity to open yep. things up. And we know that this team is all about setting a tone. That first period is very important for this lightning team. So a shorthanded goal of all things, not just the other team open the score, opening the scoring, a shorthanded goal, something that pours salt in that special team moon to open this game. I think kind of set a majority of the tone. There's a few things within that that we have to get into. So the lightning were over five on the power play, Casey, which again, mm-hmm. this is an Oilers team that they're not the penalty kill is not their great, their strongest attribute. Like they're not mm-hmm. the best at the penalty kill. Again, they've given up coming into this game. They had given up the fourth most goals in the NHL on their penalty kill. So the Lightning and the Lightning have a good special teams unit. They have a good power play unit. They should have been able. That was to the get only it. unit scoring for the first what five games. Yeah, and now all of a yeah. sudden. So it, it and and the penal the power play is going to ebb and flow. We all understand that. But when you have five opportunities, you have to make some of those opportunities count, and you definitely can't give up a shorthanded goal. So not only did they not capitalize on all five opportunities, but on one of those opportunities, they did give up a shorthanded goal. Um, and that's probably where they would find themselves most frustrated. But whenever you look at even more of these stats, um, usually the Lightning lead Casey in hits. They didn't lead in hits this time. They weren't mm-hmm. the more physical, aggressive team. Um Edmonton had 33 hits to the Lightning's just 25. Mm-hmm. In terms of giveaways, the Lightning That's where gave they a- stunk. The the Lightning gave away 12 pucks. 12. Uh Edmonton just four. And that's not a takeaway. This is a giveaway. That means mm-hmm. like that that's a bad pass. That's like a sloppy transition. That's not getting through the neutral zone. That's not communicating and working together as a unit. Those are giveaways. The Lightning had 12, mm-hmm. three times the amount that Edmonton had. Blocked shots, again, an area where the Lightning usually leads. We were just raving about how this Lightning team, even without Ryan McDonough, they're they're putting their bodies in place. They're going there. They're doing the thing. Nope, mm-hmm. not this game. 13 block shots. Edmonton had 19. So um, the one thing <laughs> that the Lightning did have more than Edmonton uh, was shots on goal. They had 37 shots on goal. Edmonton had just 29. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they led through 40 minutes of that having more shots on goal than Edmonton did. So that led up of allowing them to get close uh, towards the end of the second period. And then mm-hmm. the third period is what also started to really hurt them. That's exactly what I was going to say, because we talked about the different periods for this team. Um, and not only do you have to come out strong, which, uh, w- you know, it wasn't the case for them last night, but Brandon Hagel came back. 
just a few minutes after that shorthanded goal, Brandon Hagel with Nikita Kucherov and Breeden Point on the assist. So that top line again coming through ties up the scoring. So they go into first intermission with that tie score. Mm -hmm. So all good, all good. But you just really have to hunker down in this second period, which has been historically a weaker period for the Lightning coming out in the second period, giving up two power play goals to yep. the Oilers. Um, and you know what's wild about that, Kaylee? They won all of the power play faceoffs in the second period. So to win those, yep. then the next then the next issue there is how did they get outplayed after setting themselves up to control the puck in the second period mm. and not be able to convert, not be able to manage. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. It's it's one of those things where and that's it kind of goes back to the giveaways a little bit, right? Like though that ties in. It doesn't Yes, you have to get control of the puck, but then you have to sustain control. You have mm -hmm. to make the right passes. You have to play smart. Um, and this is this is not like a terrible penalty kill unit. Like they're not the worst. They're they're kind of average. You know, um, they're not terrible. They're not amazing. They're mm -hmm. they're kind of average so far through this season. Um, so to see the way that this unfolded and to see that the giveaways that happened that allowed the Oilers on a power play, you know, on a five on four to, to really gain control of the puck and to put pucks on net and then to get them in, uh, it's not what you want to see. And you're, you're not putting your goalie in the best position when you're doing that. We all know how good the Lightning's goalies have been and, and are, um, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, he's fantastic, but you have to play well in front of him. And, and that, especially on the penalty kill, that wasn't the case last night. And you, you're going up. I mean, they're two problematic players, Casey, that we mentioned, we mm -hmm. mentioned, um, you know, that the, the, the two guys that did end up scoring, McDavid um, and Dreisaitl. That they were going to be problematic coming into this game. And Drysaddle was so problematic on faceoffs. He mm -hmm. was leading in faceoff victories the, the entire night. Going up against him was a nightmare. And he was setting his team up for success to get over. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and and create oppor scoring opportunities for his team. They played a really fast game north to south, too. It was just like every time that the Bolts started to set up uh, in their O zone, it, 
giveaways, takeaways. They would lose possession of the puck. In the beginning, in the first period, the part that was so confusing is they were setting up so nicely and it felt like they had some sort of control there. Um, as I mentioned with the shorthanded goal, kind of taking some life from them. But Kaylee, the one thing that we'd be remiss not to mention that was kind of a life sucker is the fact that uh, Evander yeah. Kane got injured in this game and mm -hmm. It was kind of a mashup of things. Myers hits him against the boards as he's falling down, as Myers is trying to get his composure and, you know, settle himself on skates. Pat's coming, sliding through and nips. Um, I can't even say if, 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 if you could say nicking is the right word there, but um, nabs Evander Kane's arm there, the wrist specifically. And within seconds, I mean, it was of the a collision, pretty rash. Yeah. yeah. Within seconds of the collision, you saw a lot of blood on the ice. I mean, it was to the mm -hmm. point to where I was in the middle of riding and I look up and I thought somebody's glove or I thought like a piece of gear was down on the ice and then realized, no, actually it was blood. And he went screaming off the ice as fast as possible. The stretcher did come out to try to bring him out of the locker room. I think he denied the stretcher, but they have the ambulance that waits in the tunnel and he ended up going. Um, they said that he was stable and everything was good. Uh, he did need a procedure done last night though. I mean, the amount of blood that was on the ice, you could tell that it was definitely an artery or something severe. And even Pat Maroon said it after the game, he's like, you don't see that much blood and, and things not, you know, you know, something's not right with that much blood on the ice. And this team hasn't really experienced anything like that. Pat even said, you know, we've seen it on YouTube. We've seen it in recaps of other games. We haven't personally experienced it yet too. So that was a bit of a scare for this team. Uh, Coach Cooper did mention that it, it shook things up for a minute, but then after a few shifts, you know, everybody kind of realized there's still a game to be played. Um, and he didn't mean it to sound like any kind of way. Everybody said that last night as well, but after a few shifts, then the team kind of started to come back into focus. So between the shorthanded and then the injury to Evander Kane, it's like there were these opportunities that kind of had to force them to reset. And then within the resetting, you know, you're trying to bring your structure back. You're trying to manage a fast paced team. So not an excuse, but just something to keep in mind and paint the picture of things, obstacles last night. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, John Cooper put it the best way and it, if you haven't seen it, uh, maybe do it uh, before you eat lunch, you know, don't make don't sure you're eat. not. Yeah, it's not yeah. for a light stomach. We it's, were sitting in the press box watching it for a second. I couldn't watch the full oof. thing the first five times. And then finally, after it's, I got my second back of cheese, it's down. Um, I was like, all right, let's do this. And yeah, it's um, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, you could tell the pain in him when he grabs his arm and. I mean, he's screaming whenever he's skating to the bench and everyone immediately knows that so that yeah. everybody gets out of the way. Like the trainer comes up, but all of the players like scatter. Mm -hmm. um, but but John Cooper put it best. He said, you know, it sucked the life out of the building. You know, it, it, it took some life out of the game. And you know it's a game. You know that you didn't do that on purpose. And, and you know that crazy – weird fluky things happen which this was mm -hmm. but there is still a reality that we're all humans and that it's hard to not feel guilty or feel weird or feel like a weight on your shoulders especially you know for pat um when something like that happens even though these are all professionals they know they know that this is can be a dangerous game even even though that there's so many things in place to protect everyone um, and, and the player safety is obviously very important. 
um, it's that's scary and it's hard to shake that off. It's hard yeah. to really shake that off and try to move forward. And that happened early on, Casey. That's a really good point. That happened early on mm -hmm. in the second period before, you know, some of these uh, uh, power play goals and, and, and power play, you know, opportunities for the Oilers came into play. So that's something that's kind of hard to shake off. And then once you're down a goal and then it happens again, and then you're down two goals again, it's, it's something that's difficult to shake off. It, it's where things are difficult sometimes mentally at that point um, to, to really be able to kind of move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that, yeah. Oh, uh, no, I was saying like something that coach Cooper said too, that was kind of interesting. And I think why this may be very, a little extra layer of defeat for this lightning team is because, um, coach Cooper goes, they ended up going from 11 forwards to seven defensemen to 10 forwards and, and seven defensemen. So they're down a forward and they still end up, it, it it's like, they didn't miss a step. They didn't miss a beat. And Evander Kane was one of our problematic players. Um, mm -hmm. so all that just to tie in, you know, a guy that would have caused that much more of an issue if he had remained on the ice, they lose this forward, they lose this aggressor, you know, the guy who has the most penalty minutes out there contributing on assists, seven assists heading into this game, 12 points, and he's got a plus four on the ice, which means offensive plays happen when he's out there to lose a guy like that early in the second period, as you mentioned, Kaylee, and this team still be able to pull together. I think that's something that's even more frustrating um, because that almost should have given them an advantage. Yeah, no, it, it, in, in a lot of ways it should have, but it just goes to, to a little bit of the mental toughness and probably, you know, that feeling of uh, hockey players when, when somebody goes down, when something happens, they want to play for that guy. They want to fight for that guy. Mm -hmm. I think that we saw that from the Oilers um, in their game especially within the second period, especially with what, what, what they were able to do. Um, conversely, looking at the Lightning's power play um, units and, and what they were able to do, Casey, they just they got six shots on goal yeah. uh, during their eight minutes and 50 seconds of man advantage. Mm -hmm. So almost nine minutes of, of, having a one man advantage and they only got six shots on goals. That's just, that's just not what you want to see. You want to no. see this lightning team take more ownership and have, have better. I mean, frankly, they just have to have better power play units and, and opportunities. And um, after, after that first power play uh, where they gave up the shorthanded goal, they did, like you said, Casey, um, not only on the penalty kill did they do a good job in the face-off circle, but on their own power play, they were doing a fairly good job mm -hmm. uh, on face-offs. They were doing yeah. a pretty good job. They were they were winning face-offs, but um, between just not able to set things up, not able to get into a rhythm mm -hmm. on the power play, um, it, it, they just were not able to get anything done. And I think that it, 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 if they were able to get one thing, John Cooper always talks about like, it's, it's about the goals that you defend, not the goals that you score. Mm -hmm. I think in this situation, whenever you're, it's coming into special teams, it's a little bit of both that shorthanded goal should have never have happened. Right. 
conversely, uh, they they should have been able to get at least one of, uh, you know, on the on five opportunities, at least one goal. Um, really, uh, whenever I look at their their high danger chances when they were on the power play, Casey, it, it's not great. When the Lightning were on the power play, they had a total of three high danger chances. Two in That's the first all, period. All yeah. five power play up. Oh my gosh. Two in the first period, one in the second period. Yeah. Three. The entire power play. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, all five power plays. They had three tell- high danger chances. So it's just one of those things where it's it, it, and that only eight shots. Yeah. Or what was it? Six shots. Is that what I said before? Six shots and three of those were high danger. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. You have to put more pucks on the net whenever you have a man advantage. And which it's not relying on the on one saw, unit. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of saw a little bit towards the end of the game um, when they pull Vassy. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Kalorn is finally able to get that goal in the last, like, minute of play. Um, but even still, Casey, it's, it's just a little too little too late. While they kept – trying to create opportunities outside of special teams. Cause I think they were aware of, of the lack of success they were having pretty early on. And Pat Maroon spoke to the conversation that they had in the second intermission. And it said, stay out of the penalty box. Number one, because you know, this team's going to capitalize on those opportunities. And number two, just continue to build off five on five. And we saw that initially when they came out because 49 seconds in is when killer got that goal. And Alex Kalorn's a, an energizer when he feels good, when he feels successful in what he's doing, that that radiates a positive note here being that the assist on that goal for Alex Kalorn is Nick Perbix, who continues to show how well he's going to continue to settle into this team and whatever role John Cooper asked him to do. So if you guys heard the last episode of pucks and bolts, you heard Kaylee's corner that had great points that played into last night's game. And then we had Casey's keys really quick. And one of my keys being building off of the offensive defenseman benefit. And if they were able to do that earlier on in the game, I think that would have helped contribute to five on five that much more and maybe lessen some of those power play opportunities that came about with tripping and slashing calls that were extremely unfortunate. And, um, you know, seeing Nick Perbix being able to get another point in a game after getting his first NHL goal this past weekend, you know, if there was if there was one bright spot in all of this, it was Alex Kalorn giving him so much credit and just saying how much composure he has back there, how well him and Mikhail Sergachev are working together. So opening up the third period, there was hope because of Killer and Nick Perbix. Mm-hmm. And I say all of this to say back to Pat Maroon's point. When all of the lines get involved, there's opportunity there. And it's the fact that even on power play, that top unit for the power play unit, they're heavily relying on them to get it done. And we said this on the first couple of Pucks and Bolts episodes. It can't be the stammer one-timer that gets the job done. There's got to be somebody else on the power play that can help here. And, you know, that's where they're missing any kind of style of play from Anthony Sorelli. Kaylee, you've mentioned that a number of times here. So, you can't wait for Sorelli to get back into the lineup to have success no. and you can't put it all on the stammer one timer. So when you see guys like Alex Kalorn and you know, I'm, I don't think Perbix is on any sort of power play unit as of right now, but any other guys like Mikhail Sergachev, he's had power play success. A lot of people need to step up across the board in five on five as well as special teams. And it'll help tremendously. Something else that we talked about on the last episode is 
what happens? How do odd man rushes come about a lot of the time? Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the faceoff circle. While they led successfully in faceoffs most of the night, um, the big one being neutral zone. They that's where they had the shortest percentage of everything. It was one player. It was <laughs> Steven Samkos that was the only player that won a faceoff in the neutral zone. And I'm pretty sure there was about eight neutral zone faceoffs. So yeah. think of the high scoring team that this is. Think of them having one of the two of the best skaters in the league. And when you lose in a specific part of the ice and you know what that's going to set up and take it back to the practice that they had the day before the game, they worked on odd man rushes three to two for the first chunk of practice. And then they worked on neutral zone. Steven Samco said it. They sat there working on plays, formulating new plays of how to be successful in the neutral zone. And that's kind of where they fell short yet again. So I'm sure that's a lot of what practice is going to look like today. Uh, a lot of special mm -hmm. teams work and back to that neutral zone and finding formations. You saw them orchestrating some of those new formations that they installed in practice the day before, which was really cool to see, actually. Um, it's the sticking with it. And that was something else that, that Pat said in terms of, you know, their five on five was doing well, but it's sticking with it and it's having other lines get involved. And if we're still waiting for chemistry to come about with the fourth line and potentially the third line, it's now just the timing game, but luckily hockey's all about peaking at the right time. And they've got a few more games here to figure it out, but they're just, they're so close. Um, still a lot of good, but the face-offs have to be across the board, especially in neutral zone, especially minimizing those odd man rushes that they know kill them. And, you know, not that injury or shorthanded goals is an excuse, but all of that aside, they have to be able to bounce back and reset after, you know, tough moments. Certainly. And and Pucks and Bolts fans, Casey and I are just being hard on this team. Uh, it sounds like we're being too harsh. It's it, it, it's just because we know that this is a veteran group and, and mm -hmm. they're hard on themselves and they know that they can improve and be better. And there's a lot of really good areas of their play. Um, and Casey mentioned it kind of off the top. Their five on five play. It's 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 been great. You know, mm -hmm. last night they played well five on five. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't the issue. There, there, there aren't questions uh, of five on five because you look at all the goals that were scored for the Oilers. None of them were scored five on five. So this team is defending well five on five. They're getting good looks five on five. They're getting, again, they only had six shots on goal during the power plays, but they outshot the Oilers. So they got a lot of shots on goal five on five. They're playing well five on five. And that's why Pat Maroon said where we lost this games is special teams. And, and Casey, like you said, it, it was a little bit disappointing to see that even though early on in that third period, they were able to get some motivation, able to get some things going mm -hmm. with the goal from Alex Kalorn with some excitement. They are really starting off the third, refreshing and going in new third period, uh, start everything over. Um, but that even that wasn't, they weren't able to continue to capitalize on what was going on there within that third period. Um, and, and within what was happening in the third period, they actually didn't have most of the, the penalties that they did have were in the first and second period that they weren't yeah. able to take advantage of. So the third period was mostly five on five and they did get a decent amount of shots in, mm -hmm. uh, when you're looking at how many shots they got 15 to the Oilers, just 10 in the third period, but just not able 
uh, to to really capitalize on some of those shots there, mm -hmm. uh, aside from that one from Alex Kalorn, which again, happy to see Alex Kalorn continue to be in the scoring column. Happy to yes. see Nick Kerbex. Uh, so Casey, maybe that leads us to a positive point. Maybe we got to do our cherry pickers. Yes, 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 yes. On one other quick note too, um, I forgot to even consider it. We've talked a lot about defense on here, Kaylee. Mm -hmm. Something for fans to keep in mind and, and pay attention to. We know that the past two games before the Oilers, there was um, two healthy scratches in Myers and Foot. Yes. Foot continued to be a healthy scratch last night. Myers ended up being on the ice. I point that out because Coach Cooper is trying to figure out who can be accountable defensively and be able to have guys in there that he doesn't have to worry about creating turnovers. Turnovers in the D zone is where they struggled the most. So while they didn't specifically have a bunch of turnovers in the D zone, a lot of it was, you know, neutral zone issues for the guys. Um, it's interesting to see how that battle or that competition is going to continue to fare out. And when you have a guy like Nick Herbix coming in fresh again, Nick's not young. He did the college route. So he's 24 and mature and all the good things that we've been saying about him, but to have a guy like Herbix come in and start doing so well and being able to contribute game by game. I mean, again, collected another point last night. If he continues to do that and he collects a point on Friday and collects a point on Sunday, this this defense is going to look different and they're probably going to mm -hmm. just go with six and, and call it because we've got to remember Bogosian is going to be coming back shortly. He in practice the other day was in a blue Jersey, not a red Jersey. So that was a big switch up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation. We thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And um, practicing, feeling good. Coach Cooper said they're not going to rush his timeline, but now that he's able to get those physical practices in, you know, they feel good about his return. So we might be seeing the weeding out of Myers and Foot, especially upon the, the return of Bogosian and the successful trajectory of Nick Perbix. So I just wanted to point that out really quick. Um, and then good news, if we didn't get a chance to talk about it, Zach Bogosian in a blue jersey, couple practices now and trending in the right direction to return to the ice and his style of, of play and the veteran defenseman that he is, this team needs it. And I think it would be mm -hmm. that much more helpful for them to be successful in front of Vasilevsky or Moose um, down the stretch here. Yeah. A Bogo can be, he's, I'm not going to say he's exactly like uh, Ryan McDonough, but he can be a little bit more along those lines. He can be a little bit more structured. He's not he's not necessarily um, a headman or a Sergachev who who pushes as much into the offensive zone. Mm -hmm. um, and so you need the balance of those defensemen. You need the balance of the defensemen defense. that are going to push forward and, and create opportunities uh, from the blue, blue line. But you also need defensemen who are going to play structured and be those reliable guys. And I think that Zach Bogosian has, um, he has the opportunity to do that. And if you remember, Zach Bogosian played with Victor Hedman because of that exact reason. He played a lot mm -hmm. with Hedy. It was him and, and Ruda that kind of switched off and forth um, yeah. during that first Stanley Cup run for the Lightning um, and I really liked the way that Zach Bogosian played 
uh, after after there was a little bit of that time off from COVID coming into the bubble. Zach mm-hmm. Bogosian really played very, very well with Victor Hedman. So if you remember, guys, that that is that is an opportunity where we could see um, both of these guys continue to shine. But again, Casey, that's just such a fantastic point and such a great point to think about and some really great news on the front of Zach Bogosian. That does lead us into some more good news, which is our cherry picker. So uh, I'm going to let you go first if you already have your cherry picker ready. Oh, this is getting harder. It is (laughs) is getting getting harder. harder. For Um, sure. Yeah, especially because when you see when you see the positives in the game, you want to just choose all all the goodies, all the good guys. Um, yes. You know, I, I have to go Brandon Hagel for a couple okay. of reasons. Um, as obvious as that might be, because he was the first goal for the Lightning last night. It was it was his response time. Number one, number two, it's just him in that top line. It's. They are getting so rhythmic, and I'm loving the bromance brewing between him, Kucherov, and Point. So if anybody caught it, it was Saturday's game, Kucherov's goal. After he celebrates, he does the phone call and points to a player on the opposing team. As soon as Heggs got his goal last night, he, with the utmost composure, skates over to the boards, points to an Oilers player and hits the phone call. So they're also becoming one of the swaggiest, <laughs> if that's even a word, one of the swaggiest first lines in the league. And that starts to translate when you start yes. getting to the buzz of the season, the meat of the season, those lines that are just fun to watch, they really start producing. And this is a line who they're just collecting points game after game, after game, after game, after game. So, you know, Braden Point got a point last night. That's such a fun sentence to say. Um, <laughs> then you got Nikita Kucherov, you know, him and his chemistry with Hagel and being the direct assist on Hagel's goal. And then you've got Brandon Hagel, who's, if he's not scoring, he's assisting. If he's not assisting, he's scoring. So they're, the excitement just continues to build. Now you're seeing the bromance come into it. And when these players start getting into that bromance, you're going to see a whole different layer of play out of them. So it was just cool to see the phone call. Now that's going to register what I'm waiting to see is will Braden Point do it? Will he get on board with the call me beat me? And if he does that, then this this top line nobody can touch him. Um, but yeah, he's just him. His confidence, him getting more on this role. I mean, I think he was like top three or four of ice time last night, um, which just shows you the trust that is coming with how much he's producing on that top line. And if a guy like Nikita Kudrov trusts you without even looking up, without taking his eyes off the puck. That speaks volumes to me. Yes. So I'm just I'm I'm really excited for him because I know there was question marks when he came in at the end of last season. He was a little bit more on the quiet side. You saw some sparks of potential, but you weren't sure. And then now they just found the right recipe, the right formula, and it's him, Nikita Kucherov, and Braden Point. And you know, if it wasn't for him, who knows what the score would have been last night? Um, at least having that response time—that's specifically what stood out to me the most. And the fact that he's just collecting points, game after game after game, and he's playing with one of the best, best in the league, and he's doing great at it. So Brandon Hagel is uh, my cherry picker. Okay, well, I'm going to continue with the top line. My cherry picker for this game is going to be Braden Point. He had two assists, had two points um, in the game last night. He had an assist on both Killer's goal and Mm -hmm. Brandon Hagel's goal. 
Um, and so really like to see the way that he played last night. He's a fast skater. Um, just the way that he moves on the ice is, is beautiful to see. I love it. Like he's just so smooth. Uh, if, if I have any basketball fans out there and you just see a guy like taking it up to the net and they're just so br Braden Point is that guy. He's he's like butter on the ice. Smooth it's criminal. so it's so so smooth. Uh, and he was really great in the faceoff circle as well. Casey, you mm -hmm. mentioned faceoffs were were plaguing this team last night. He was eleven for fifteen, almost seventy five percent in the faceoff circle. Um, so really tried to keep this team in it as much as possible. Um, and so for those reasons, the fact that he's able to start things, the fact that, I mean, when you have a guy who, who's showing up in the assist column, what that tells me is that he's, he's making plays, he's moving things around. Mm -hmm. Braden point has studied the game with Nikita Kucherov. You'll see because yeah. they've played together so much. And we all know Nikita Kucherov sees this game in a very unique so and, and beautiful way. Um, his eye for hockey is probably one of the best um, mm -hmm. that exists out there. And Braden Point has studied with him. He sits down on the ice with him, looking at the iPad, looking at what things are going on. And he has learned extensively from Nikita Kucherov. And now you see Braden Point making some of those plays. You see Braden Point facilitating things in the way that we used to see Nikita Kucherov do it. And we still do see Nikita Kucherov mm -hmm. do it. But Braden Point has added that to his game uh, in a way that just elevates him so much. So for those reasons, the fact that he helped orchestrate both of those goals and the fact that he is uh, just a really solid player and so smooth, um, he, he had the most points, uh, in last night's game. I, I do believe, uh, with those two points. Yes, that is true. Uh, he is my cherry picker for that game. I think that one's perfect. You can never count out Braden point. He's always contributing to, so that was, that's perfectly put Kaylee. And that just goes back to this first line and mm -hmm. they do they have a lot of swag. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, as Pat Maroon said, it, it can't be uh it can't be the first line show. We know the first line is typically your strongest, flashiest, yep. fastest line. Um, but yeah, other lines have to get involved. And that kind of goes mm -hmm. back to you calling on Ross Colton. But I think yep. them learning how to set up Colton because coach made some good points about how he's starting to find his footing on power play units. And uh, the guys were asking him in the locker room practice the day before yesterday, you know, how do you how do you set up a guy like Ross Colton who has one of the heaviest shots on the team? And that was such an interesting perspective. And I was like, the heaviest mm -hmm. shot? Well, if he has such a heavy shot, he's got to be set up in the right angle to make those mm -hmm. shots count. And it also depends on what goaltending he's going against. So I think that they're just going to find ways to set up these other players in, in a place of success on the ice, work on some other plays. The guys do have practice today at noon. And Coach Cooper did say yesterday after the game, we've got a lot of practice ahead. we got a lot of things to focus on in practice. And you know that this team loves to thrive after quality time on the ice with one another. So we will keep you posted on what they work on, what the mood is like, uh, how players turn the page and prepare for the Washington Capitals, who uh, Kaylee and I, of course, will pre-for you guys on here here on Pucks and Bolts. And they get a back-to-back -back dose of the Washington Capitals, right, Kaylee? They certainly do. They play on Friday, 11-11 this Friday, and then they will play them again on Sunday. Friday's game is away, mm -hmm. and then they will take them on Sunday at home. And, of course, 
We will be your eyes and ears for that home game. So be sure to follow along with us fans at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. That's Pucks, the word and Bolts on Twitter. And you can find our podcast, Pucks and Bolts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but specifically, the Odyssey app, that's the place to go to get Pucks and Bolts. It's the best place to find the podcast. There's lots of extras and different things going on. So once you download the Odyssey app, find Pucks and Bolts, turn on the auto download button. So anytime we have a new episode, which is multiple times a week, you will get those new episodes right into your phone, right into your earbuds waiting for you to keep up with this lightning team, to stay up to date with the latest and greatest going on with this Tampa Bay lightning team. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the sports case. That's K A S E. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you again on Friday to preview the Washington capitals. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 